And a simple prayer literally changed my life. It changed my life. Not only the way I prayed, but it changed the direction of my life. So that was a pretty important prayer. I want to pray for you, just a simple prayer. His was a simple prayer for me because I received something, and I figure if I got it for nothing, I can give it away for nothing. And so I'm going to pray for you. My heart was hungry. If your heart is hungry, you grab on to this prayer when I say it. If you're saying, I want to change. I want to change the way I think, the way I live, the way I pray. I wanted to change the way I prayed based on what I heard coming from his mouth. And so God heard my heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. I was filled. Didn't even know it was happening until it was either later at night or early in the morning or the next day. But I knew God had done something significant. And it's persisting to this day, and it's getting stronger. So I'm very grateful. So I'm going to pray for you and then introduce Benjamin. And I want to pray that you receive a, an impartation of prayer and whatever else would accompany that that God would choose to give you. I say to you, blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who want more. Blessed are you who are hungry, who are coming to God, not satiated, but needy, dependent, hungry, desirous of more. I say God has more for you. God has more for you tonight, and he wants to pour it out. He wants to give it to you, and he's starting right now. He's starting to pour it out right now, giving to you. He's giving to you. He's increasing your appetite so that you can take in more than you thought you could take in. He's going to give you he's going to make prayer easier for you in that there's going to be grace for you when you pray. If you find yourself at moments waking up before you think about what you should do, pray. Pray because God may have woken you up so that he could do something in your heart or for somebody else. Maybe he wants you to pray for somebody. Thank you, God, that you're giving them a new understanding of the scriptures a fresh revelation of who you are and your purposes for them. Thank you that guidance will be easier, that they will find themselves walking in the Spirit with greater ease because they're trusting in you to lead them, and you will lead them, especially for those who have big decisions to make in the days ahead. We lift from them the need to worry. They don't have to worry about it. They don't, because God is able to show you, and he will show you. We bless you with peace, with confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in the just early, early stages of revival. The train has left the station, and we are on that train. And we're beginning to uh, talk and pray. What does that mean for this community? What does it mean for the Twin Cities? Because we feel called. Our Jerusalem is the Twin Cities. So we're going to be praying these days. What are the strategies that you would give to us? That comes out of conversations with Benjamin. So if God speaks to you, by all means, you talk to us. So a, a 
he's less than half as old as I am. I've lived a lot longer than he has. He's lived a lot longer than I have. In many things that God has given to him, God has shown him, he's lived on the edge of death multiple, multiple times. I don't know if I ever have. But he was hounded, chased as a boy, uh, living in the bush, uh, told us his story. So God has taken him through suffering, through affliction, into a place of, of uh, significance, to a place of usefulness for kingdom. So we're blessed to have you here, Benjamin. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And if he looks especially good tonight, it's because he's wearing my sweater. <laughs> and uh, uh, he looked, he, I, he was a little cool outside last night. And so I, I uh, gave it to him, he put it on. I said, you look better than I look. Man, with that dark skin and that blue sweater. Uh, I, uh, so when he tried to give it back, I said, no, that's, that's definitely yours. So I hope when he prays in it, he's got a real anointing. So, yes, the aroma. That's a good way of saying the smell. Uh, so Eric is going to uh, put on a DVD that just says a little bit about his ministry. Oh!
Benjamin Oteca's vision for 20 million souls by the year 2020. There are millions of people around the world still with no knowledge of the good news of Jesus Christ. They have never heard his name. They don't know who he is, and they have no understanding that they can have abundant life and even eternal life. Is there any reason why you and I should hear the gospel every day? when millions have never even heard it once. In 2011, God put it in the heart of Benjamin to reach all of Northern Africa with the power of the gospel. Not just the word of the gospel, but the demonstration of his power. This is the part of the continent within the 1040 latitudinal lines where there are the most unreached people groups in the whole world. God dropped the figure of 20 million souls to be reached for salvation by the year 2020 in Benjamin's heart. This is impossible for him to do alone. He himself doesn't even know how this can happen. But God confirmed this to him in January of 2012 when he proved himself with such mighty power through signs, wonders, and miracles. In one meeting alone and in only one day, 1.5 million people who had never heard the gospel before preached with demonstration of God's power came together to listen, to be healed, to be delivered, and the majority of them gave their lives to Jesus. This proved to Benjamin's heart that it was really possible to see 20 million souls won before the year of 2020. But it will take all of us together participating and having an active part in this vision to see it become a reality. One goes and one sends. One gives and one gets saved. One preaches and others pray. It takes all to bring in such a massive harvest. Benjamin knows that it's only the power of God that will make atheists, pagans, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, witch doctors, and religious people believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They must see the demonstration of God's power at work to know that he's real and he's the only true and living God. They must be able to see that the word of God is really alive. Therefore, I challenge you too to become a part of this vision. What an accomplishment for the kingdom of God. What a joy to hear your father say to you someday, well done, good and faithful servant. It is our Father's heart that none should perish without Him. So it must be our hearts also. Join us as we move forward and northward quickly to gather in the harvest. Time is short. We challenge you to live and work for things that are eternal. 
Invest your time and money for the things that bring the greatest rewards. Gather with us, send us, pray with us, and let's go together. Malaria has been a very big challenge in this community. Most of the cases that comes here, especially fever cases that comes here, at least if you go on testing, move a step ahead to find out from the laboratory, you find out that predominantly they are caused by malaria. Malaria is one of the number one killer disease in Africa. And I'm here standing together with the medical personnel. And we need your help so that we fight malaria in Uganda. In Uganda alone, we have 100,000 people killed of malaria every year. And out of that 100,000 people, 200 children, infantry death is because of malaria. So our main focus is to help combat this problem. We need your help because people are dying. Is one of the worst number one killer disease in Africa. So we can do something to help fight malaria. Thank you. This is the center where we want our ministry base to be located in Gulu. It's a very strategic location. It's a stepping stone to the North African countries. And we are standing an area of 20,000 meters square, just very prime. And even the Muslims want this area to buy it. So this is where our location for the ministry will be situated. And in this we shall have medical outreach, we shall have evangelism center, we shall have a health center, and we shall have our administrative center, as well as international students who will come from Western countries, and they will sit together with indigenous missionaries to train and to learn from each other. So our major request is to ask and to partner with us so that we buy this land. It will help this massive project. 
for winning soul in Unrich People's Group. We thank you, Father, that we can pray for a brother. We can stand with a brother. Feel like we're a part of his life and he's a part of our life. Thank you that he's already touched us. He's already changed things in the way we live and operate. We thank you for more to come. Things uh, tonight. We thank you for what you plan to do in him and through him tonight and in the days ahead. We pray that you would give strength to his body. We know that this can be very difficult. It can take energy out. We pray that you would put energy in him so that he could pour out. We bless him. We honor him. And we thank you for him. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Paul. For giving us the opportunity even to share this evening. And my gratitude goes to my sister from another mother, <laughs> Diane. <laughs> and uh, she has been so good to me. <coughs> Every time, this is my th- fourth time coming to the farm. I did not know anybody here. So, could just come to the Twin City. And immediately we go to the farm and share with the communities in the farm. She has wonderful folk there, chosen, frozen. You call it frozen, chosen. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so excited tonight, and God is going to move. So this is my second time to minister here. This, I perceive in my heart, you're full of young generation who are hungry for the move of God. You want to know how. You want to know God. Like Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. And let me assure you tonight that God can use anybody. I shared my story last night that even when God called me, I was naked. I don't have any reason to be proud. I'm the least among all of you. But the glory only I always give to God and uh, tonight, we're going to lay it a little bit simple. You're going to ask questions. Get ready to ask any question as we share together. Because what we shared with uh, Brother Paul and Pastor Paul is we are sensing that something going to be very 
powerfully moving in this city. And um, it needs young generation. Some people call it revival or new awakening. It's so close like your mouth and your nose. And God wants to do something greatly. And the time is now. So before God does something, he prepares his people. According to um, Proverbs chapter 16, preparation belongs to man, but the spirit thinks is the Lord's. So um, if you have come with any kind of expectation, any kind of question in your mind that you want to ask, just feel free. You will shoot up your hands and then you speak out your mind. We ask and then afterward, we shall be praying for all of us. Anything that you're expecting, that you want to, really, we can share. And say, I, I have this burning desire or question. I need to understand this. Some of you might think it's good to go for training. But let me assure you tonight that when, when God has his calling upon your life, he will bring it to the scene. And some of you are really called to minister the word of God. Right now, without any much ado, if you have any questions, you want to ask some questions, just leave up your hands. We shall give maybe 10 minutes for Q&A before we begin sharing any other things. Please, is there any other person with a question? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, Paul is saying that we have seen people raised from the dead. So is it an immediate effect after praying for someone, they get up and they begin to immediately walk and run and shout? Uh, is there any other question? Okay. Um, <laughs> listen, there is no any person who is specifically anointed to raise the dead. Is not a ministry. So it was a passion that was developed in my heart. I was with a group of believers that teach, and they were teaching Bibles. So among Bible pages, there are pages where Jesus raised the dead. Not only Jesus. Even there was a time when Dorcas died in the New Testament. Peter and his team... <coughs> They prayed, and Dorcas came back to life. There was also a time where Paul ministered past midnight. They, he ministered almost for nine hours, arguing with people. People were asking questions. So there was a boy who was sitting at the edge and on a clip of a wall. He fell down and he died he, instantly. So he, they prayed for him, and the man came back to life. So I asked them, I said, is it possible in that time? They said yes, because I was so inquisitive. I wanted to know much more about God. They said yes. I said, have you done it? They said, no, I've not done it. I said, can I do it? They said yes. And I went looking for any burial place. In Africa, when people die, we have culture like the Jews. The native village peoples gathers together. 
people wailing with crying, with tears on their faces. And one time I went in, in a house where there was a dead body. I said to the immediate people, I said, I want to go and pray and I believe God for resurrection. It is written in the Bible. Let me go inside. So I went. You know, when you are possessed with the spirit of God, you are like any other person who is drunk. How many people have ever seen any drunkard man? When they are drunk either with drugs or opiums or any kind of injected Halloween in the veins, they don't behave themselves. They are taken up by, this, by, the, by the things that they've taken. It's the same when you are overdosed with the Holy Ghost. You'll begin to act and do things of the heavens. So the first time I prayed, nothing happened, Paul. I believe that everything that God has created has ears. Because when Jesus went inside and he called Lazarus by his name, he said, Lazarus, get up, rise up. Lazarus had to hear. Even people who are dead, they have ears. I mean, believe in that. Yes, I called that person. The person refused to get back and resurrect. I said, it's not my problem. Maybe he does not want to come back to life. I went for another meeting. So in this other particular meeting was in Sudan. This was not in a hiding place. Open. We announced that they should even bring not only the sick. Any kind of condition written in the Bible, we believe that is possible in our times. Who could believe that a huge metal could fly over in the air called plane? Who could believe among us? But one person dared to believe and put his, his faith into practice. And it happened. Who could believe that you can take a phone? The same way that you download internet communication, which you might have written to in Africa or I might have written to Paul through a thin air and he downloads it in his computer and prints it on a hard copy. That's how things happen these days in the heaven realms and, and the earth. It's possible. So they brought this dead child in our meetings, completely dead, with plasters cover the eyes. You know why they brought him? We announced and said even bring the dead. In Africa, yes, they can do it. You announce bring the dead in a service, you will see the dead person on the altar, carried by relatives. So the relative was showering with tears. I've never done this before in my life. I was shaking with fears because I said, now what if, you know, the devil always asks this question, what if it has not happened. What if today, what you are going to end up your meetings? People are everywhere listening. You know, God delights in, in the impossible. When you can just show up, it will show down. And this is not for specific human beings. You can do it. Just allow yourself. So when they carried this baby to, on the platform, there were guests that were invited. Theologians. One specific theologian in Australia, he brought his team. 
You know, people, when they are special meeting with hundreds of thousands, they like to sit on the podium where they can see the multitudes. So when they brought the dead child, including the choirs who were also seated there, nobody, I held the child in my hands and looked behind. I did not see a single person. Everyone escaped and ran away. <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to preach, sing about God, but to walk and to demonstrate his love takes another level of faith and audacity. Everyone ran away. Just like any of us will say God is good, he, he can heal the sick, but when it comes to the reality, some of you will melt down with fear and run away. But I want to assure you, when you, when you, you know that he lives in you, how many know that God lives in them? So when you know that whatever is written in the Bible must happen, it's like a textbook. Those who are training for biology, you are, you're a doctor? You're, when you're reading a functional approach in biology, whatever is written by somebody there, it, it means that it's true. It can be applied physically in the life of somebody, isn't it? So it's the same to any of us. The things of heaven can be applied. It's so easy. It's not by us. It's by him. We live, he lives inside of us. We are the, we are, we are the, we, we house God. This is a mystery of godliness. He who created heavens and earth lives inside human beings. And who is man that God is so proudful of? So mindful of? That he even created him a little bit lower than him. We are almost in God's class. He loves you. He wants to use you. So, I did not know. I called the name of this child. I asked for the name. Called the name for the first time. Second time. I said, oh God, what's happening now? The more I called, the more non-response was from the, 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 the more call the child became. And the third time I called the name. And I felt warmth emanating from, I mean, it's coming from the heart. I removed the plaster, the child's niche, and that was it. R life restored. Everyone were looking. I wish some of you were there in that meeting. Me <laughs> People were looking with their eyes open and mouths open with ears open. People, whoever was loudly listening to us, paid 100% concentration. If you drop a pin on the ground, everybody will hear it. This speaks to us that every human being have been created with the vacuum of a supernatural in their lives. And when they don't see it in the church, they will try to find it somewhere where they don't even find it. But it's in God. When God raised that child from the dead, we gave the child back alive to the mother and said, take the child back to the dispensary. The doctor jumped back and said, what did you do to this child? Because the child was prepared for burial. In Africa, they pre prepare people for burial. They close your openings. Take the child back. Instead of the mother taking the child for burial, the mother branched with the child for the meeting. I think the church must be one of the most referral hospitals of, of all. Anything that defeats human beings can be solved by God. Do you believe in that? Yes. 
Yes. This is what we call with serving the God of impossibilities. All things are possible with those that believe in him. But now I want to tell us, uh, you're going, you're taking your father away now? Okay, he's coming back. We're praying for him tonight. Um, so, progressively, we send back our team to, to, to investigate what happened after finishing our meetings. There are teams that we send to find out more about people that got healed. Because when you get healed, we write your names and your details. And then we, we connect with you. So, to make sure that there is sustainability of the healing of God. Um, this is just not to authenticate and believe, but to find out that whatever we preach is long-lasting. When God does his healing, it's long-lasting. We need to prove it with evidence. So we send back our team, and this child now is alive, kicking, walking, went back to school, is a living authentic. We need to bring this child to America next time I'm coming. So that he gives the testimony by himself. So um, God does miracles. And we don't preach miracles. We, we, it comes out of a relationship with him. If you want to move in an extraordinary manner with God, it's not just, it does not come from the, you need to know how to relate with God. If I want to know you better, uh, um, uh, Ned, we need to relate. We need to, you need to know me. Yes. We need to know each other. So it's about knowing who God is. Living in us. Christ who walked on foot, ministered for three years and changed the world upside down, went to heaven and now is incarnated in the spirit realm and he lives in us. Wherever you go, you carry him. This is miracles. So we are not normal human beings. We, we are carrying the one that created the heavens and the earth. It's in us. So you have the audacity. You have the faith in him. You are not a weakling. You, even if you are young, that, that, the lion of Judah that lives in you, when he roars on sickness, they will flee at the speed of light. This is it's amazing. It's fun to be a Christian. But it's difficult to be, to be in religion. When all that you know is religion, about teaching about God, but you don't know that God, that's a form of godliness. You struggle all the days of your life. Life without God is miserable. It's straining. You don't need to reason him. You need to believe in him. So I want to share with us four ways of relating or of, of moving in the anointing of God. Four ways. Last time I just mentioned some few. Four ways. Number one greatest things that can be birthed in the life of a man is prayer. Prayer is not like a drive-through hamburger. No, you have to spend time in prayers. You have to pay that price. God likes hidings. 
you find him in, pray, in, in a secret place in your prayers. When you, want to be, you, when you are focusing on your career, you spend time studying. You want to, find, you want to authenticate that career. You, want, you, you are spending time even at night. Because anything that you do half-heartedly will, will backfire up on you in your life. You need to do it with all your mind and your might. When you, when you are sure you want to serve the Lord, don't serve him like, like you are terrestrial animals and, and the one that lives in water. Come on, make up your mind and do it with all your might and all your heart. So prayer is a medium of communication between humanity and divinity. Is not begging God to do something for you. Is a daily communal relationship that is developed between a divine nature of God and a human person. Prayer is not a struggle. It's not a list of items that we are pray- today we are praying for 90 people. This name is here. Pray for that. Pray for that. No. Prayer is a daily communication with your God. It's like a husband talks to the wife. When you stay for two days and you don't talk to your wife, there must be a problem, isn't it? What's your name? Sarah. Sarah. If, there is, if Ned is not talking to you for two days, there must be something wrong in his head. So you will begin to find out. Or even to for two hours. How can prayer be developed? You need to love it. It's loving. It's because prayer comes, is it a continuous overflow. It's like loving a person. You don't force yourself to talk to that person. It's continuous. It flows naturally. You find yourself prom- promising heaven on earth because you love the person. It's the same way like us and God. And I want to ask you, it's simple. Discipline yourself. It takes discipline to maintain continuous prayer life. There are some few things that hinders that relationship in terms of prayers. It can something which can be useful, but it can be your idols. For example, even if even phone can be even Facebook. can be any kind of a thing that you always take first in your life. Where the guy, guy who had bought a vehicle and he made that vehicle his idol, he could wash the vehicle three times every day. Pause a little bit, wants everything perfect, he has become an idol. Maybe watching things that creates what we call sensory overload. Your mind is overloaded. There is no space for godliness in it. No wonder when you come to church, you don't know what to do because there is no space. There is Facebook here. The, I'm not saying that Facebook is bad. I'm also on Facebook. But don't, don't, don't let it take so much. Th- there are certain things that can become easily addiction. 
it's better you be addicted to God. That's a better addiction to everyone. Those men of those days that caused revival, I was told that some of them, it's not easy to be their friends. You walk a long road and they say, I'm still praying. And they pray for 17 hours. Can you wait for that kind of a person? Because he's taken up by godliness. We have young boys of your age. They are our team. And we minister to, to campus students. We organize prayer meetings. When they begin to pray, you think they are weird. They don't know what to, how to read or they don't have anything. They focus and praying for eight, nine hours nonstop. Whatever you develop becomes functional in your life. And whatever you don't use, the law of use and disuse becomes vestigial. It becomes functionless. So you can develop prayer lives. And other thing that I want to share with you is association. People that you relate with can make you or destroy you. Can develop you or there will be no change in your life. I advise you here tonight, if you have a friend who does not change your life, disconnect that friendship. It's useless. Seriously. Somebody who does not change your life will add more problem to you daily. So there's no need to continue with that kind of friendship. If my friendship is not mutual, is not symbiotic relationship between me and Paul, there's no need for us to continue because it does not benefit any of us and the people surrounding us. So the people you associate with, Jesus was an example. He had association. Jesus was younger than all, almost all the disciples. He was only 30 30 years old. Some disciples like Peter was all in their, in their 70s. But he called them. So his life and his ministry changed their life and they became like Jesus. The power of association. Even one time when they were coming to arrest Jesus, you know what happened? Jesus came out and they came out together. They said, we want to see Jesus. They did not know who was Jesus because they all look alike. The power of association. And Jesus just isolated himself among many and said, I'm he. And anointing let them down. They got slain, all of them. When you live together, you look alike. You reason alike. You speak one word. Whatever is in the life of the others becomes yours. So their, their reason for, for, for being together was to change the world. Their vision was bigger than their, 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 their mind. They want to change the world. When you begin to think worldwide, that's, the measure of your container is that God will pour to you. Because God is not limited by anything. He has so much in his store. So the power of association is anointing in simplicity. Anointing is contagious. If I hung around with Paul for, 
for, for some time, it becomes, I will begin to pour out what is in my heart, I begin to speak out to him. For example, I have one of the choir leaders, just a choir member. We went to a meeting, and uh, we often preach from 4 to midnight when we go for crusade meeting like this, you saw. This is one of the smallest meetings we heard, recorded. So he sang and all of us sang. I preached and was so tired. I had to dismantle all my attires, preaching attire, and sneak through the crowd and went away to sleep. So one of the ladies who came almost seven times for the meetings never got healed. Look at this, at, at this man called Simon. He said, Simon, I saw you leading worship. Where is the preacher? He said, the preacher has gone to rest. The lady said, it does not need the preacher. You have been working together with all this company. If you lay hands on me, I will be healed. Such kind of faith. Simon said, you believe? He said, yes. Simon jokingly laid hands on the lady. She got healed. For the first time, choir leader, this is not a major, this is not a minor sickness. The lady was paralyzed. She jumped from her, the, the, the friend that brought her, she just walked and the following day she was testifying. Simon was just saying, God is good. God can also use me. There is power in association. So in the book of Acts chapter 3, when they healed, when they were casting out demons, the, the word was so famous. That's when the Christianity name became. Christianity is a nickname. It's an insult. You look like Christ. Christ, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth was like an armpit in Israel. It was not a pleasant word to associate yourself with Nazareth. So Jesus... Those guys were ministering and the muggy, muggy kind of atmosphere in their time was worse than our generation now. Because they were ministering to people that had mixed feelings on the message of Christianity. Their king was just frustrated on the most cosmo, I mean cosmopolitan junction of the city. Humiliated and hung on a cross. Their leader was name and was hung among thieves. And what kind of message do you preach about such kind of a person who has been highly humiliated? Saliva was spit on. And uh, nobody's interested. He died. And even on his resurrection, gods were paid money so that they, they really made it so, so useless that nobody will receive of this message that they, they stole his body from the grave. Until when some vivid evidence was approved of his second appearances. So these disciples who were not even left with some administrative structure, there was, remember there was no Bible. You are writing the Bible by yourself. There is no chronological 
evidence, words written about what is happening. Put yourself in such kind of atmosphere. Put yourself, there was nothing to crumb. Paul, the letter of epistle was not written. They were writing it, they were walking in history. You can also make history in your generation. You can do it. How many believe in that? These are men who were, they were cracking faith. They were believing. They, they even met, they spoke to governors, leaders, bargaining and looking in their eyes that this is the real God. We saw him. We touched him. He's a word of life. We beheld him. In him we live, we move and have our beings. They made it real to them. This was not a written Bible. This was statement because they are highly persecuted. And they were going in synagogues, in homes, that they were not welcome. They were only welcome because of one thing. They, the, the undeniable, unfallible proof of God's mark and miracles in their life. So one time when they came and they, they met this crippled man at the, the Solomon porch, you know when you're not welcome in a place and in a church, especially when you're alienated from a church, persecuted, you always come late and sit behind. Those were Paul and John, Peter. They were coming late in a synagogue in, in Jerusalem. There is persecution. So when everyone were inside, they met this man begging. The only thing they had, do you know that there are certain things that medicate your conditions? I hate it. I don't like it. Small coins was to medicate his condition so that he remains in begging for the rest of his life. Like some of you are just, I'm not saying specifically, the Lord wants to Absolutely delivering you from a condition of unbelief. Amen. He wants to deliver you completely so that he places you to his mind. He thinks the way God thinks is that you should think. Before anything happens in this earth, in your, in your niche, in your environment, you need to understand and you need to live and you need to think like God will never begin to use you unless you think like him. Unless you begin to move like him. He will never. He is, the Bible says where knowledge of man stops, that's where the wisdom of God begins. Think about it. There are certain things that man has never discovered. And when they discover, maybe they discovered a quarter of creations of God. And we think we are so smart. No. There are certain discovery that marks the beginning of the wisdom of God toward the end of no man's knowledge. This man came and the only thing that they knew is Christ left the word with them and his name. My, in my name, go and cast out devil. He taught them prayers and he released them. So what they had is that they give. Whatever is in your heart is that you give out. You don't give what you don't have. It's impossible. That's why you need to create. There should be layers of faith created in your spirit and in your heart. 
Christianity is the most thing that should be proven more than any scientific fact because we are dealing with life, spirit, and soul. It's not a joke. It's not a th- it is a reality. It, it should be proven. Yes. God should prove himself more than anything in this world. And he's ready to prove himself, especially in our essence, in our epoch, in our time. When technology is rising, when complicated sickness and diseases is rising everywhere, God is going to release more complicated miracles that the world has never seen before. Yes, he is willing to do that. You just need to step out of culture and unbelief and begin to do the things that is written in this Bible. Bible was, this man, um, these people marveled me. Sometimes there is too much religion, especially in this region of the country. Jesus did some contrary things. That if he lived in America today, he would have been arrested. Like getting the blind and adding more dirt, speak and spat saliva and put in the eyes. Say, go and wash your eyes somewhere in the pool of Shiloh. This is contradicting to human standards. Yes. Making statement because he, he moved, let the dead go and bury the dead. He was pumping faith in the heart of his followers. They were so much taken up by their tradition and their family members. He wanted to wipe away their fleshy thinking. He wanted to, to block, he wanted to create roadblocks to their past so that they think, only they think is him, Jesus Christ. And when you believe in God, all things are possible. Yes. It is. It is. One of the other things that create us more closer to God, I'm saying this not that you should give to me. I don't need anything. It's about giving. One of a sign of anointing released, even in apostolic eras and apostolic creed, is giving. When you see a stingy Christian, that means there's still nothing in that person. There was a young rich ruler in their days. What he think was only himself and himself alone, to live alone. One of a major sign of God, you know, giving, I mean, eternity minus giving is equal to nothing. God minus giving is worthless. I'm not meaning giving in terms of money only. Giving starts from yourself. Does it make sense to you? Before he he called them to himself, they have to give themselves. They have to give what they like most and they come to the Lord. It's about him first. Give yourself to him. If you can give your life like that forefather of faith, the PhD of faith, Abraham, he gave his only son birth during old age. Who can do that in America? Who can do that in our time? God was not 
willing to destroy him. He was, God is after the intention of man's heart. He, he, he does not look the thing. He does not think like we do. He is he's looking inside your spirit. Inside your in, innermost heart. And that's what he tested with Abraham. Whether he really loved him. He gave to Abraham. And now he said, I need to test this man. Whether he's still standing on me. or is be, You know, when you give birth to a, a child at an old age, that child becomes like a trophy. That child becomes like everything. You can do everything to keep that child alive. And God said, I need that child. Abraham knew God. He walked with God. He said, now God does not need to kill this child. But only what he wants is my, the, the, the intention of my heart. Giving yourself to God means 100% let him take church. He said in the Bible, he relate his followers to a person plowing field. You cannot look behind. Look at Elijah. Elijah was called from the village. He was a, God does not like lazy people. If you are lazy and you think you are going to make a difference, forget. He likes, he loves hardworking people. People who are wor- working. All his disciples were working people. Some of them were IRS. Tax collectors. So Elijah was called. He was, you know, in, I don't know how many plowing, plowing with using twelve oxen, connecting twelve bulls, plows. One man plowing with twelve bulls must be a very hardworking man. Some of you grew up in generation where you don't see bulls plowing. You use mechanized system agriculture. But in where I come from, we still use oxen and bulls. We used two, but Elijah used twelve. You put yokes on two necks of two bulls. You know what? At, after when God called him, he did. He used the oxen, and he barbecued all the bulls. He slaughtered all of them. The village people should eat it. All his past business gone. He's going to follow God. It's not about the bulls. It's about his heart. Has he given himself and everything to serve the Lord? And I want to ask you the same question. I'm not saying that you should go and burn everything that you have, but God is after your intention of your heart. Does it make sense? Yes. When you pass through that limit, you will begin to move in God's class. Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave. That he did what? He gave. Jesus Christ was a gift to the world. How many believe in that? He gave. God picked his best and he sent to, to the world. Salvation is not for free. If somebody taught you and said it was for free, that is lying. He paid the price on the cross. Of Calvary. Calvary was a place on a mount of Kolgota. Kolgota is a place where skulls was buried. A place of victory. By the way, Goliath's head was also buried on Kolgota. Where Jesus' cross stood was where Goliath's head stood. Golgotha. Place for skulls. 
That means the enemy was defeated right there. The enemy was under his footstool. The direct meaning of that. So God gave his best for you and for, for me. If you are stingy with your times, with your resources, and some of you have not even given your life 100% to serve the Lord, stingy with your money, because God will test you in all those areas, whether you want it or not. One time, Paul, I was in Sudan. I had only one car. Diane saw the car. that go- I had only one car. And God said, give that car away. It was the first car in my life I have ever had. I said, God, am I going to work again? He said, yes. When I gave it out, I walked and never even thought about that car. This is a real thing that happened to me. I've given out now eight cars. Eight. I'm just sharing with you so that it develops faith in your heart. <laughs> Not that of anything of me, no. Why am I emphasizing this? So that you be- begin to move in God's class. A son of a king does not worry. A son of a king. He lives in that domain. He lives in that, he lives in that authority. You are sons of kings. You're not a daughter and a son of a beggar. No. Our God owns everything. The Bible said in the book of Psalm chapter 24, the earth is the Lord and all that is in it. I don't know whether I'm boring you tonight. Hello? Are we understanding what I'm talking about? In Africa, we make, we, we, we reply out and say, yes, I understand. Hello? Yes. So now listen. When we know the relationship of association, prayers, and giving, and above all, the word of God now. One of the greatest things that we can do against God to tell him that whatever is written is not true. The word of God that I'm talking about is not memorizing scriptures. It's good to memorize scriptures. Know it in your mind. Know it. Know the word. Some of you, people think that discipleship is letting the person know the chronological order or memorizing the book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Maybe that's a, a partial part of it. A true discipleship is believing God's word as it is. So understanding the word of God and the revelation thereof. It becomes part of you. It becomes in you. It becomes through you. You are a living word. You You know the word. You know the scripture. And you live the word. The greatest sin that man committed first was not eating the forbidden fruits. Adam, that was a, a byproduct of it. God 
used to come in the cool of the day in the evening. Listen, he could come and meet and talk to men. Give them instruction because the first reason why God placed us on earth was to, to have dominions. To represent him. He, wants, he wanted, the, the earth was his footstool. This way he could come and commune with men. Could just talk to men. Do you love God talking to you? Looking into your eyes and communicating with you? He did it with Adam. Adam, Adam blew it up. Like some of you can easily blow things of God up. You, you, you miss the mark. Adam began to disobey and to disbelieve the word from the mass of God. God said, do not do that. Adam disobeyed. That was, God does not want you to disobey his word. If I tell you, Diane did not even share other path. When I came to America this time, I had only five dollars. I did not have ATM machine. God spoke. I obeyed. In fact, when I landed in Dallas airport, I did not know who was going to pick me. And in my heart, my heart was so peaceful because I'm not confident of myself but in God. Whatever happens me in my I mean whatever happens in my life will not frustrate me, will frustrate my father. But my daddy is so good. He doesn't want his son to be humiliated. He needs that kind of relationship where a heartbeat communication between the father and the son, God the creator. Where your confidence is not in your bank account but in him. Because he can decide to make you anything that you are not at any time. True or false? True. Yes. It's true. So when you begin to believe in God's word, familiarity breathes content. Some people are so familiar with the things of God. Those days, familiarity could, like uh, any slight thing you do, among the disciples, they became so much God. God, they became so much like God. I'm sorry, somebody asked one question on this. Is there any person with other question? You have a question, sir? Yes. There is nothing like if God call you will know it. Like I hear some people say, I feel like God is saying this. You feel God is not a feeling. Yeah, thank you for that question. If you know that God has called you, prepare yourself. Some of the things that I tell you. The first thing of preparation is digging yourself in prayers. At your level, Paul is a, Paul is a man of wo- the word of God. At this stage, you don't need to go to elementary stage, the doctrine of repentance and everything. You are above those things. There is another level where God wants to take you. Not sinner's mentality. What, because whatever you think is what you are. 
you are righteous and called by God. Righteousness not by law, but by the grace of God. When you are righteousness conscience, you are God conscience, you are God mind. Doesn't mean that you are going to you are not going to sin. Or it doesn't mean that lenses of sin is given in your life. But your mind is God, God mind. Because God does not have any atom of the word, the word sin, the, the vocabulary sin is not in heaven. There are certain language that is not spoken into a, a faithful man. He said, how do you prepare yourself? How do you prepare yourself? And it's not overnight. Christianity is a work of faith. And it grows. The more you press on, the more it grows. Like even any opportunity that catches you by is an opportunity of preparation. What we are doing now is preparation, isn't it? So if you, out of this word, some of you will pick at least something that shall remain in your mind forever. You will take it as a quote of your life. So whatever opportunity that God has given you, take it for real. Thank you so much for that question, sir. I don't know whether you have an- I have answered you. Thank you. Is there any other person with any question? When God calls a person, it doesn't mean that you should do the same work. Does it make sense? God calling, God calls people in different levels. Sometimes, some of you have been born in cathedral. He calls you right from there. He can even use you tremendously. It doesn't mean that God should radically call you. So it, doesn't, it does not matter how you are called, really. You, you need to focus on him. And then, not that all of us are preachers. Some of you might be encouraging people. Some people will be called in different fields. Some will be called to worship. Others will be called to connect people. Other Different calling, like body part. God has an atomy. He has eyes, hands, legs. He said, my eyes is moving to and fro. That means he has eyes. The hand of the Lord. That means he has hands. Through his nostrils, smoke comes. In David described who God is. God, God has anatomy. He has, he, has, he has the things, the parts. So the way body part function is the way you should also div- get what God has called you to do and do it. Do it with all your heart. I always tell the people that are disciple that in the area where God has called you, when they place you to do it, do it with all your heart. Even if they have given you five minutes. One time I was given five minutes in Australia in 2008 among, among the really cold, cold church of almost 5,000 church members. These were if you're a Baptist, forgive me here. These were Baptists. <laughs> Real Baptists. 
So it was my, it like my preaching. I was this raw African preacher. Really raw, and I believe what it is, the Bible. So in that area, they said five minutes. So um, I had told God, whatever opportunity you have given me, let it be really maximized. Five minutes. In five minutes, we finished preaching, deliverance, praying for everyone, and the pastor, oh, they always spend 30 minutes in their service, first service. That day, we spent one and a half hours because the first of all, microphone was held. If your mouth speak for five minutes, maybe you're going to make error. And immediately, God told me there's somebody who is deaf in one year for 20 years. And that's how God opened things. Yes. Sharpen the gifts, the calling that God has in your life. And it will make room for you. It will, well, you will not struggle to go and do the things of God anywhere in the earth. When This time when I came, I did not know anybody in Florida except one old lady that I've never even known her so well. We just exchanged business card and I thought of calling her. I said, is it okay for me to come? What are you coming to do? Say, an opportunity that might come. Say, I don't know anybody. I'm not a preacher. I'm retired, old, 76 years old lady here. I said, he said, okay, if you want to come and just rest and relax. But she said, we have a own group of five people. I said, that's where God will begin from. In less than 10 days, we had over 1,000 people. So whatever, whatever is happening in your life, let it be a preparation. Whether you are in Africa, Asia, South America, or in Latino, God is the same. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm white, right, as I talk, unless I see my skin. <laughs> Does it make sense? <laughs> really, I'm very white. Is there any person with question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even when times when it's not super clear or not like really easy or good. Like, oh, yeah, I heard God and I walked with Him in the school today, and that was awesome. I tried. Thank you. you know, That's good, sir. Is there another question that coincides with His? Is the same? Okay. Now He said, "If I say God's calling is not a feeling." How do a person know or develop the call in their lives? A sign that God has spoken or it is God in your life. There are certain litmus tests. Number one, the voice of God comes with confidence. Not to yourself, but in him. But first, he will build confidence in your life. Look at Gideon. He was hiding in caves away from home. God came and looked at him and said, you are a man of valor. Really, God, I'm in cave and you say I'm a man of valor? <laughs> so when the, a, develop, a stage of development in faith is confidence. Some people even don't be strips of confidence in yourself. First of all, he developed you. 
Secondly, God's voice come peace. Peace all over you. A sign that God is involved, you will feel peace. And hearing God's voice is also practiced. When I have time, next time I will come and teach you on prophetic and how to operate on words of knowledge. It's so simple. You just develop it like that. The more you do it, the more it becomes real. So, 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 it gives you confidence. Like in my life, I have all the reason. Sometime in places I go, because I began preaching when I was only 12. And church planting when I was 14. I began international travel in London when I was 16. My English needs prayer requests by that time. The way I, you know, speaking to English, English people, <coughs> that in London, they even think that America don't speak good English. <laughs> and I'm plugged from the village, from the jungle to minister to them. So it, I must develop that confidence in and say it is good. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so then what about like, <coughs> some, there's times when I do feel mm-hmm. confidence in the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not clear. That means when God does not authenticate his voice to you, it doesn't mean that he's not there. He wants you to seek him. If you follow what I said, God likes to, to hide. In the book of Psalm, it talks about seeking first. Even Jesus said, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He wants you to it's like when you're going to meet the president of this country. Is it just, just easy to go there or you first go through stages? God is bigger than the president of countries. So to see him, is my tongue cannot really comprehend how, how big God is. Because the scripture says heaven is his footstool, the earth. I mean, the earth is where he, pla- he places two legs. <laughs> the, this, is, this is what the scripture says. So that means there's nothing hidden from God. Like, I understand what he's asking. It's some, many of us ask the same kind of question. He's saying, how do I develop? How do I know that God has called me? What step should I take? That's why there are different ministries in the church. Before God really unveiled himself to you, you you will go through things. You may start from ushering. It it begins to develop. It's a relationship. Trust between you and a divine nature of God is developed. And the more you put interest in knowing him, the more real he becomes. The problem is that most of us just get discouraged and get distracted. I don't know. Does it make sense? Thank you, sir. Um, this is something um, historically 
it's becoming really hot, Paul. Should I remove your sweater? Huh? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, that's a very good question. It's very easy to judge people of what they don't know. But God wants us to, to walk in love. Like, the reason why they are is somebody really wired somebody put something in their heart like that. Somebody that we don't know, really, talk in their life like that. So the way how we approach people can either bring people to us or chase, or chase them away. The way you communicate. So um, it's like if God begins to move, the way, the way of our relationship with other people can either scare people or bring people. Does it make sense? So if you are living in a religious community where people know godliness but they don't know him. Like if you invite friends. Let's say there's some friend who is an atheist. A friend from college has come here, wants to know something and is full of skepticism. But can change. The way you communicate to that person can bring him close to God or can. So God does not, I mean, we, 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 um, he, give, he gives us grace. All of us are not worthy. So he wants everyone to know him. Like, for example, here, when minister, let's say God begins to move tremendously. And friends begin to come. You, it is undeniable when God begins to move and his presence is tangible. You will not have place to put people in any stadium. People will come. They will come and fill every space. But now, you need to be moved by grace and compassion. That's the nature of God other than judgment. Does it make sense? We need to be moved by the grace other than by the law. Paul said the law kills. There were so many do's and don'ts that were more than ten commandments written in the Bible in their days. Some of them, the Jews, when they walk in the marketplace, they wash, when they greet a person or they touch somebody, they, walk, they go back and wash their hands up to here because they're clean. They were planning to go to heaven by the law. Law leads to guilt. Grace takes us to conviction. Does it make sense? When we move by grace and compassion and by love, it leads con to conviction. 
guilt is when you are guilt driven guilt guilt consciousness is not a good thing maybe you have done something yesterday that is not godly really and you have heard some of this message but if the grace of god hits your life you feel convicted to change anybody can change yes anybody can change you are in a potter's house he wants to make you a shape that he wants to be he breaks and forms you in that shape is there another question i don't know whether i've answered you Mm. Sure. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's not that everyone accepts anything that happens. You should also know that fact. It's not that everyone will be on your side a hundred percent. Let's say God begins to move in uh, healings, for example. Revival comes in different forms. Sometimes it comes in extreme miracles where a blind eye is just open the cripple just walk the dead are raised it can happen in america here easily so people always criticize things that they don't know and they don't understand unless they're explained to listen all of you listen to this it helps you especially when you you are um, one of a, one of the leading figure in the things of God. God, you should not easily de- get discouraged when you absorb things. You carry thing burden in your life. You should not carry the burden. The Lord's the burden is the Lord. Somebody can come and speak a very nasty words that shall discourage you. We have heard that again. And sometimes they speak on your face. One time a Muslim guy said, we shall kill you tomorrow. We shall kill you tomorrow. I told him, before you kill me, God will kill you. The God that I serve, the man got scared. People can speak anything. That, like in this country, people fear anything. People fear spiders. <laughs> they fear frogs. When anything comes, oh, I'm dead, I'm dead today. People fear anything. Some people have get broken so easily. Let that not be your portion. When God wants to make you a leader, He wants to make you a leader. Listen to this. He will, he, will, he will break you and make you strong. So a sign of maturity is when you begin to analyze things and make something negative positive. Yes. Not that everybody likes you. Somebody might just say, I don't like the way that guy looks like. 
So, um, and sometimes they tell you off. I don't like the way he talks. Should it discourage me? No, because he did not call me. Does it make sense? Yes. When God begins to move in this, in this city massively, some people, some religious people will say we should cut this thing down. We should close it up. We should obliterate it. They did it to the disciples. Theirs was even worse. They went to a point of, do you know people who nailed Jesus was not government official, was religious people. It started with the religious figure. They thought it was just a game. It was just a gimmicks. So the word reached to them and said, these guys are not playing games. Yesterday they fed over 5,000 people without cooking food. It was miraculous provisions. Oh, in these cases, they raised the dead. When they raised Lazarus after four days and passed the, the days of the religious, I mean of the Jewish tradition, what they thought is, oh, everyone are going to follow these guys. We should cut off their movement. How can we do this? They began to fabricate and cook ways of killing this movement. And indeed they succeeded. But God makes a way where seems to be no way. Yes. I love this God. When human began to fight who God was. Oh, he showed himself. He proved himself alive, real and sure. Every authentic move of God is highly fought. Get ready. If you are really ready for the movement of God in this society, in this community, get ready for persecution. Not that everyone will give you a high five and say thank you so much. No. We were fought by government leaders. There is a place where we went and we, we were not allowed even to speak. Let me tell you, Diane, there is a city that over 95 people left their homes and they came and listened to the gospel. 95 homes were left empty. People were packed. At first, it was not easy. And we gave thanks to God. That city never remained the same again. Persistent wears down resistance. Persistence breaks resistance. When you persist, you overcome. When you persist, and God works with our attitude. Your attitude determines your altitude, the higher you go. So you need to keep God's attitude always, all the time. Like to, to, today is my first time of preaching here. So I have to maintain God's attitude. I should not say I'm now tired, I'm worn out. No, I have to, I have to maintain. It's my first time of preaching. Yes. You have to stay focused. And smile. <laughs> you like they give you injection to you. You must smile. 
<laughs> Is there another question? Are you, re are you re re really ready to be prayed for? Are you ready now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this is a sign that some of you are ready. How many people are ready to, be, to, to move in another dimension? Yes, you are ready. I want... I mean, in my heart, when you're leaving this place, you should walk, you should feel as though you're flying without wings. <laughs> Seriously. Your mind and your ideo ideological thinking should change. Especially in our, in our age. We are all almost in age, the same age bracket. God wants to do something new in our generations. Yes. When you make up your mind to change a city, it is possible. If you look at our team, you will laugh. We are full of young people. Sometimes you don't know who is a preacher. You just make up your mind. It's about God. Look at the face where America is going. It's going to AYS. It's going to destruction. If God's word is not preached by this generation, in the next five generations, Christianity will be wiped out completely. And if you don't know, Muslims are aiming at this country. They want to take it. They're infiltrating everywhere. And they're so radical. That's why you need to be... F if you are not radical more than Muslim, you cannot take it. The same way they have the same zeal to bomb blast themselves in a bomb, you can also possess the same spirit in the Holy Ghost to change the entire world. When one time I was sleeping in a great such heart, and this, my bone burned within myself, I said, these people must be saved. You just need to receive some, you need to develop something in your heart. If you are not yet, can you imagine somebody wiring themselves and say, I'm going to explode in this meeting today? What is possessing that person? You can also carry the same in a godly way to take the nation of the Muslim world by the power of love, the power of the gospel. You can take this country upside down. God used simple and ordinary people. Look at some of these old folk. Some of their generation are finishing. Billy Graham was just a young farm boy living in a single no AC room and preached to multitudes. When God decides to, 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 to use you, he will do it. He will do it. Yes. You should not calculate like you're doing chemistry or math in a classroom. How, where will it take me from point A up to B? When you calculate and do things like that, you will never go anywhere. Christianity is about taking the leap of faith. <laughs> There's no alternative. One time, we were supposed to be arrested by Muslim leaders if God will not perform miracles. Police were set, ready. 76 police. There's no alternative. A, B, how shall we run and escape if God will not do this? If you still have that mindset, you are not ready. 
Jesus said if you are if you right now if you are ready to go you are thinking you are thinking of going to bury your relative then you are not worth following me Seriously Lord my mother died and want me not to go and even say hi he said no When you are joining military I was told they they even pump in your mind that even if you meet your mother you must kill when they are on the other side yes and yet we say we are soldiers of the lord soldiers without training and without confidence hey so you must be more than ready even if even if i pray for you if you are not ready you are wasting your time now Even if Jesus come and lay his hand on you right now it does not make any difference. There is that inner burning. Jeremiah said when I heard and read this word my bone burns within me I could not stay silent I have to prophesy. Mm-hmm. I have to say these words. It is to do with inner man issues it comes from within your life if your inner man is not yet ready you feel like sometime you know when you, we speak to young generation they feel like going to take the city right now that is a kind of vision you should be possessing There are people that we they are following when you ask them where, where do you want to go they mention countries i want to take this country there's a man who caused revival in scotland he said god give me scotland or less i die when you don't give me scotland i'm going uh, you kill me take me away from the earth there must be a reason why you live in this world is more than getting finishing education building a house getting married having two children and retire god has created you above that reason Yes. You are What did you say? You want prayer right now? Let's get up on our feet and we pray. Thank you Jesus. If you really you know you are fired and you're real ready ready right now. I want you to lift up your hands, close your eyes. And let this night be a turning point in your life. Are you ready, Len? You're just sitting. <laughs> It's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come and begin to meditate the love of God. And the baton that Jesus even handed over to those who follow him. This thing is you can do it. Yes. in the name of Jesus I'm speaking possibilities in your mind I'm speaking it in you your special lady power of God in your life the power in the blood of Jesus Diane may you help me please come here please thank you fire of God Yes, receive him right now.
Yes. That's it. Anointing of God. That's it, lady. Receive him more. Power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus. Fire in the blood of Jesus. Father, lay hands on him. Yes. This is the first time I'm laying my hands on you, Nate. I pray that your life will never remain the same. And right now, there's a unique grace that is going to be bestowed upon your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, fire of God. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You help me with the wireless now because I'm going to move him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, keep in praying and worshiping. Don't don't let the flow cut off. Don't open your eyes and be unconcerned. Just focus in prayer and press on. The best is yet to come. God wants to do something powerful. Thank you, Jesus. We worship your name, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Young man, this is your day. This is your day. In the name of Jesus. 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 Father, thank you. In the name of Jesus. Freshness, fire. The blood of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Leave your hand, man. I want to pray with you. Power of God upon this young lady, Lord. Yes. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. Fire of God. Father, I pray as you lay hands, their life will not remain the same. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, excuse, come here and hold him, please. In the name of Jesus, receive freshness. <laughs> power. Power in the blood of Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Holy Spirit, thank you. Father, this man will command healing from stroke. Anything that connect with his, that connected and disordered his system, functionality of his veins, I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare him free by the power of your word. Thank you, Jesus. I declare your touch. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for this young man, Lord. Spirit of the living God upon him. Now. Now, sir, concentrate. Just close your eyes. I want to pray for you, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Father, I pray 
change him into another man. Yes, that's it. But the power and the blood of Jesus touches young men in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your daughter. Power of God upon her life. Thank you. Father, thank you, Lord. Mark her with a sign of your presence. Thank you for this young man, Lord. Yes. Undeniable proof of your presence upon his life now. Yes, God is touching you. The hand of God is upon you. His hand is upon you. Receive him now. Yes, that's it, sir. That's it. That's it in Jesus' name. That's it in the name of Jesus. Matashete. Yes, lady, you have God's call upon your life. Yes. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to use you. Thank you. He wants to use you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He wants to use you. Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Master, worship you. Touch your God in our lives. Renew our minds. Renew our minds, Lord. Renew our minds. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Touch of God, special touch of God in his life. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Randalaba Shakere. Come here, man. Thank you, Jesus. Come, all of you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, help us to take a look Facebook and know to our phones, Father, people or friends. Help us to hear your voice. Special touch. I need Asha behind him now, please. Somebody strong. Spend five hours with you. Touch. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this young man. Fire of God upon his life. Touch of God. Receive special grace upon your life. You are going to be great. Spirit of greatness. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.